Being married is tough. So is owning a business. It isn't easy mixing business with marriage. If you're one of the millions of people who happen to be married to your business partner, you know the challenge all too well. This podcast will give you a behind-the-scenes look at the true stories that inspired the book When Your Business Partner Is Your Spouse, How to Have a Successful Business and a Happy Marriage. It's time to open the door of communication, understanding, empathy, and trust between you and your spouse like never before. Here to help you grow your business and strengthen your marriage are your hosts, Kristen and Justin Deese. Hey, and welcome back to Episode 5. Episode 5 is the big, humongous topic of communication. And I will place my wager now that this chapter topic is your number one. Uh, it, it is absolutely my number one. I, I think that partnerships, marriages, com- communication can solve wars amongst people and can, and can create wars. So <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a really, it's such a big topic that I'm, I'm glad that we really talked about in this book and yeah, yeah, this is this is a great great topic. So tell us a little bit about the quote we went with. Well, the quote that we chose for this particular chapter is one by Stephen Covey, and it's seek first to understand and then to be understood. Such a simple concept and I and I think that the majority of people when when you hear that, they don't really really understand what it means, but Anytime I think about that quote, I think about two people yelling and screaming. And if you're yelling and screaming, how can you be listening? You know, my my grandmother used to say, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. (laughs) You should listen twice as much as you talk. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the communication styles, when you bring up that example of what did you say when, when everybody's yelling, nobody's listening yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that reality show back in the day. One of the first ones that came out where it was a family business and it was oh, literally yeah. showcased like the whole point of it and the entertainment value was their very poor communication I, skills. <laughs> I remember it stressing me out just watching it. Yeah, like yelling and screaming at each other and cussing at their own stuff. And I mean, yeah. it's it's like part of it's funny, but part of it, you know, is true. <laughs> like, can you imagine being an employee <laughs> right. in that business and why would you do it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a few different types of, of communication. I guess you could say failures, like there's different levels of communication failure, mm-hmm. right? So you have non-existent communication, which is kind of an extreme. And then you have just a breakdown or a misunderstanding in communication, which is kind of like the, there was an attempt made, but it wasn't transmitted properly. And then there's even some communications that is extreme too much or exaggeration. And so that's like the opposite end of not communicating at all is over communicating or, or not necessarily choosing the most appropriate vocabulary well, words. <laughs> and right. And, and so when you're, when you're sending communication out to the world, to, to whomever you're doing, it doesn't even matter. It's one of those things where just like different people learn, different people listen and take in communication in a different way. And you know, what's challenging versus 20 years ago is, you know, email was a thing, but it wasn't nearly the communication tool it was now. And uh, now you've got <coughs> text messaging. You didn't have text messaging, you know, 20 years ago. And I don't think we Mess- had. No, I don't. Then you, uh, you well, got- you did, but you had to like, A was Yeah, three, two, three yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so people didn't really communicate that way. And, and part of the challenge with with written word when it comes to communication 
is it's the person interpreting, you know, interpreting Great. it. Correct. Well, okay. So which is the same in verbal could be. Yeah. But the written is you're missing a lot. You're missing the nonverbal cues in written. Oh yeah. And so like I personally really enjoy writing and I think that I write in the same tone that I speak to people in like a normal conversation. And actually I, I had a friend one time say something to the effect of I, we were texting back and forth and then I saw her later and she goes, you know, when I read your texts, I can literally picture you saying exactly what it is that you're saying, which is kind of cool because that means that I'm communicating in the written format in the same way that I'm doing in the verbal context. Context, But when I create emails or if I write a blog post or um, something like that. Or a book. Or a book. I will reread it several, several times because I really want to analyze to make sure that what I'm trying to say is going to be what's actually perceived by the reader. Yeah. And then I think about it from a couple of different angles, like, you know, could that be perceived in one way or another that was unintentional communication? <laughs> I, and I think the nonverbal cue is, is, is important in communication. And, that, and that's why really, to me, I feel like it's important if you've got something big going on, it needs to be not text, not, not email. It, mm-hmm. it does need to be, but, but because that's, that's the way I like to communicate and because that's the way I like to communicate. That's how I like to be communicated you with. Know. Right. So, so for me, I, I always think of fifth element. I, I wrote that down on my list Did of you? notes. Lilu. <laughs> yeah. I, I think about that. And there's been times I've, I've told employees they've, they've come to me with information and it's like, hitting me with a fire hose. And I'm like, Oh no, not Lilu. Like keep it short. <laughs> Let, give me the information, the pertinent information that I need to, to do whatever it is I need to do. But, right. but the truth is if I were someone and, and you're more mm-hmm. so of that, you want more, you want all the information so you can decipher all of it. Right. So I feel like I can't make an educated decision unless I know all the details. Yeah. And you, for you, that all the details is too many. Yes. Just give me the high points and I'll run with it. Right. I also find that because I, because I feel like I'm a better written communicator, that I would prefer to write out information that's important because I have time to edit it. I have time to rearrange the words that in which they're written. And when it's verbal, unless it's scripted, it's just out there. It's just <laughs> once it's out, it's out. <laughs> Can't edit it. Can't edit it. So yeah, so communication, you know, obviously it's the cornerstone of all relationships, all relationships. I think communication is the cornerstone of, and when you can harness the power of great communication skills, it, it's definitely propels you forward in whatever the relationship is and the lack thereof can certainly hold you down, hold you back or break the relationship altogether. Well, and some, some communication types. So we, we talked about some types as far as, you know, verbal, written, but then you've got the non-existent, the breakdown and the exaggerated. Mm-hmm. So I know that you tell a story uh, about a client, uh, but give us a little bit of insight as far as like those words that, because I, I remember when you and I started talking about it, I had never really queued up to those words the same. So one thing that I've noticed in when you think of exaggerated or overcommunication is what I call words of totality. And words of totality are words like always, never, and every. A lot of times we can tend to use those words when we don't actually really mean always, never, 
and every, we could mean most of the time we could mean sometimes we could mean hardly ever, but in a, in a heated moment or when we're frustrated, we might automatically cue into always, never, and every. And those are the kind of words, kind of like hate. Like I hate is one of those words that I use it selectively because it's a really strong word. And even when I, even when we're teaching the kids how to use language, we don't, if we hear them say the word hate, we think about, they probably didn't pick it up from us, number one. And number two, we kind of highlight it and say, okay, Hannah, that's a really strong word. Are you sure that's what you really mean? Or are there other words that you could use instead? And the always, never, and every, I've seen a handful of times, exaggerate communication to a point where once somebody else figures out that that's happening, they start to tune it out. They start to, the credibility, you start to lose credibility. Um, well, I think, I'm, yeah, you think about the boy that cries wolf. So if if they're always using right. that strong right. word, and, and then as an, especially as an employee, if, if you're saying this to an employee, you always do this and they know that's not the case, mm-hmm. they're, they're shut down. They're, they're not, they're not paying attention to you right. uh, anymore. And I, I have to full disclosure, transparency, the kids may have picked up the word hate for me because Every, there's a bridge, there's a toll bridge near our house. <laughs> and every time I cross it, that word is plus a few others definitely <laughs> used because what they charge is criminal. So I, I may be to blame for that. So, yeah. So anyway, you know. so that's the, the words of exaggeration. I mean, to me, I think that's as much of um, a miscommunication or a communication breakdown as some of the other more common ones, like, you know, shutting down or not talking about certain things or whatever. I think that even using exaggeration as a tool for attention is also, you know, just as poor of a communication style. Yeah. So, so in this chapter, we actually tell a story about a challenge that you and I had communicating and, Mm -hmm. and it was one of those things where, you know, for me, I'm, I'm such an excited optimist. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, we can make the world, we can change it in, in two days and, follow me, <laughs> follow me. We got this. And uh, so we talk about some, some how, how it is that we like to be communicated with. And, and it, and it did take us at that, at that point to really sit down and understand that, you know, just like I like short, mm. there's times when I hear things or I'm excited about something, I verbalize them. I'm not looking for anything with it just to verbalize it, get it out to the world and, mm-hmm. you know, see if the universe brings it back to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, it's took some time, which, so I, I am like a human behavioral guru in my spare time. I study human behavior and it's like a hobby, but it's also super exciting and I love to do it. And I've spent a lot of time studying personality types and what I've learned, which we already knew this, but it kind of solidified it after I started doing all this research was that in pretty much every aspect of everything, we are opposite. And so it's, it comes down to communication also. So he likes, you know, not as much information and I like um, as much information as, as there is out there before I make a decision. When we're getting ready to purchase something uh, in general, I'm usually the one that does the research on it and reads the reviews and figures out. And I'm the emotional person. And you're the one. And the justifier. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I want to think about things from a logical standpoint. He's going to think about things from the emotional standpoint and, pretty much every aspect of that we are opposite in. So that in itself can create communication headbutts just for that particular reason, because we just process our personalities are so different. And in a lot of places it's complimentary, but sometimes in communication, it just, it just clashes. 
Well, and, and I think, you know, the opposites attract things. Sometimes that holds true. Sometimes it doesn't. I think for our situation, it's, it's worked out great. And a lot of times people, as we talk to them, they're like, oh, well, you guys got it figured out because you're so opposite that it just makes it easy. And, and the truth is, is that that didn't at first make it easy. It, it made it difficult, but it took us again. I, like I said, this is the most important thing when it comes to the relationship side of the business partner is, is the communication that you and I were able to go, okay, cool. We're going to communicate. Then from communication, we're going to figure out our lanes. And then once we figure out our lanes, now we're going to talk about our vision, right? So I think it's, it's all those steps in order to really be able to be comfortable communicating too, right? So that's another thing is I think you and I have a, have a place to where we, we can read each other well enough now to know when to bring Mm-hmm. certain things. Again, this is part of the story that we tell in the book is, you know, for me, sometimes I'm like, well, let's get it out there right now. Not thinking about the timing of it. Like, okay, well, is now a good time? Is there, is there something else going on or whatever? So I think all those things play a, a humongous role in the, um, especially the business, you know, the business of being, the business of being in business with your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, honestly, that our communication has gotten even better after we both were trained as coaches, because I think that we both listen differently now. I know for myself anyway, that if I'm struggling with something and I want to talk to you about it, there's in most cases, I will identify before the conversation starts, whether or not I need your help or whether or not I just need to vent. And I think that is helpful too, because then you can either just listen and, you know, like get fired up with me, (laughs) or you can listen to be solving the problem. And it's, you know, it's two different ears. And so that um, I think is an important distinction in communication that sometimes people don't always pick up on either. If you've got one in the relationship, that's a fixer and you've got the other one that just needs to get it off their chest and the other one is trying to fix it and they don't want it to be fixed. And, you know, that can cause its whole other set of, of issues as well. So I, I think we hear that a lot from, uh, from other business, uh, married business partners is one is the fixer. And one's like, I just need to get this off my chest mm-hmm. and I just need someone to be my sounding board mm-hmm. and I don't need you to fix it. And I don't need you to do anything other than, you know, just be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm mad too. <laughs> I'm yeah. so mad about that thing that we're upset about. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's, you know, communication is, we, I think we've gotten to the point now where um, we kind of poke fun at it a little bit. And if one of us is communicating in a way that we don't appreciate, we can kind of call it out and, yeah. and um, be okay about it. But there's relationships and business partners that go on for years and years and years with poor communication. And if it's, if it could be solved or could have been solved, the communication barrier years before, just imagine what could have happened positively in the business and in the relationship. So. Yeah, I that's agree. it's it's a really 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 important topic. I'm not quite sure, to be honest, in the layout of the book, how it didn't happen to be chapter like that first chapter. <laughs> but it's well, one had to be the intro. It had to be no, well, okay, past the intro, but our story. So yeah, so it's it's a biggie, and uh, there's an exercise in the book that is some self reflection, which I think is nice. And just like all of the other exercises in the book, we definitely highly recommend that you go through the exercise yourself. And your spouse or your partner goes through the exercise as well. And then you come together and you talk about what your answers are. That, um, again, it just facilitates communication as all of the exercises are designed to do. This one is just specifically about the topic of communication. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one, one, of the, one, of the big, one of the biggies, one of the biggies. So 
that's really all we're going to talk about on this communication. We still got, we still got quite a few more episodes left and chapters to review. And, you know, hopefully you guys are reading in the book along with this, because it'll definitely give you some, some insight to some of the stories behind the stories in the book, which is, which is always fun. So we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes and sharing the episode with a friend. For more resources from Kristen and Justin Deese, visit businessspouse.com.